Welcome to the final week of Pachino Pekart's Unholy Month. It's finally over. Thank Christ, pun intended. But at what cost? Yes. <laughs> I'm Sepeppery Charity Kit Mouse Kitsky Rat. You know what? I'm just Kit Quinn. I want this month to be over. <laughs> It's okay, uh, we're all running on empty today, and we, uh, frankly, because of this fucking special, I don't blame any of you. I'm Randy Martin, I just finished that, and I just want to say, um, I'm sorry for slavery, I'm sorry for colonization, I'm sorry for missionaries, I'm sorry for the Vatican, I'm sorry for racism, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry for the people yelling during the civil rights movement, I'm sorry for the song Chicken Fried! <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry! As we said in the McGee and Me episode, white guilt, white guilt, white guilt. It's worse this time! Anyway, the new Third Timers Club inductee, David Gansel, what are you sorry for? Oh, I'm sorry uh, that I delayed this recording so much by uh, inconveniently getting into a car accident, but oh. otherwise... No! That's no. not your fault, man. Don't worry. Oh. No, that was God trying to save me from having to revisit <laughs> the policy. <laughs> I'm so glad you're okay, and severe apologies in advance if this is insensitive to say. Did this special cause you any more pain than you were already in? <laughs> you know, it mostly just left me numb. <laughs> okay. <laughs> By the way, we're not joking. The night we were going to record this was when Dave actually got into the car accident. Yeah. <laughs> I just sent the most apologetic DM to everyone being like, hey, so I'm in the hospital and I don't think I'll be home in time to record. We were like, just focus <laughs> oh, on taking geez. care of yourself, man. <laughs> Honestly, you know what? It's kind of a good, well, I mean, it's not a good thing that that happened, obviously, but. <laughs> no, no, you can say it. I deserved it. No. <laughs> no. Oh, no, you didn't. No. <laughs> what? Someone I that's... think of like. I, I can think of, like, you know, a million other people that deserve a car accident way more. I can, like, list, like, three people off the top of my head who deserve a car accident. And you are not one of them. DeSantis, Tucker Carlson. I can't think of a third one because my brain's fried, but you get me. Similar to Tyler saying, let's harass the homeless last week. Now we can use that. There's some people who deserve to get into a car accident out of context for Randy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's probably someone out there who wants me to get into a car accident for saying that, so... Uh, hey, we literally have footage of uh, Lelaine from Lizzie McGuire saying one of the positive sides of September 11th is, without any context. <laughs> anyway, this special had too many white people. I actually am pretty glad that we saved this for last, actually, because what a fucking... Oh my... That topped the three things I had to endure. That was like, oh my god... That was the grand finale right there of Unholy Month. Gingerbrook Fair was more hateful and made me angrier, but this was, this was painful. This was legit fucking painful. At least Gingerbrook Fair wasn't racist. Well, not intentionally. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we are talking about the big blue bastard himself. Salty and his second live show, Salty's All New Praise Party 2. There is nothing praiseworthy about this. I love how the title has both All New and 2 in it, so that you really know this isn't the old one. I deadass <laughs> Mandela affected that this was named Salty Volume 2 for a moment. I was like, stop ripping off Guardian's shit. <laughs> <laughs> Brand spanking new Salty. <laughs> I'm Salty Poppins, y'all. So what is everyone's relationship with Salty, starting with Dave? Well, I've only told this story on two podcasts before. Yay, we're number three. We're number we're three. We're number three. And Dave's in the third timers club. Call it poetic. For my third time, I'm telling this story for the third time. Um, yeah. Uh -huh. I had one Salty video as a kid. It was Kids Praise 5, which is the camping one. <laughs> oh, no! Oh, God. I had a handful of Salty storybooks and I think, like, a Salty cassette tape, but only one video. And eventually I watched Kids Praise 4, like, we checked it out from the church library or something. We were like, hey, another Salty video. And that one scared the fuck out of me. <laughs> uh, 
compared to Kids Craze 5, which I thought was normal and acceptable <laughs> because I saw it young enough, that I guess, that I didn't develop reactions to things. Wait, um, which one was Kids Praise 4? Kids Praise 4 is, I think they're, like, fixing up a church or something. I have not rewatched it since the time I watched it, and it scared me. Oh, okay, this is the one with Charity Church Mouse. This is her first episode. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and in my memory, <laughs> what scared me about it was that Salty had a beard in that one, and he looked scary <laughs> with a beard. Oh, my compared God. Compared to Kids Praise 5 when he didn't. Um, I did look up a little bit of footage from it again. It wasn't just the beard. It was also that the makeup was different that accentuated the beard because his face was white and the hair was blue. Dear God. Objectively, it's not any scarier than any other iteration of Salty. And really, nothing should have scared me as much as the dog in Kids Phrase 5 should have scared me. But... <laughs> I refuse to call that fucking thing a dog. That is a fucking hellhound right there. That's not a hellhound, dude. That is a fucking puppy gimp. Was- <laughs> For whatever reason, I was used to Kids Praise 5, so Kids Praise 4, when everything was just slightly different, it was like real uncanny valley for me. Also, going off of that beard, it took me years and years and years to realize that Salty had a dyed beard, and it made him way more horrifying once I looked at him. It was just like, hey, kids, ignore the horrible acid burns all over my face. (laughs) Oh, God. I'm looking at Salty from Kids Praise 5 and Kids Praise 4 side by side. He looks worse in Kids Praise 5. His face is fucking bloated. God. Yeah. It looks like he's having an allergic reaction. Yeah, he's got these, like, prosthetics on his face, because I guess they were trying to sort of do the halfway between, you know, the costume and the cartoon design. And, yeah, on paper, Kids Race 4 is not scarier. I just wasn't used to it, so it unsettled me. They're all scary. <laughs> and as I mentioned on two separate podcasts before both on my own podcast at Home with the Dogginses and on uh, Mystery Shack Look Back when they were doing uh, Garden Wall Recall, I did dress up as Salty for Halloween once. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And also, I'm looking up Kids Praise 4 right now. Not only does Salty look really fucking uncanny, Charity had giant flesh-colored ears in it, and it looks wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I can tell you exactly why I dressed up as Salty. Oh, man. Uh, oh, boy. And it was because once in a Christian bookstore, I was reading through the kids' book section, and I found, like, a songbook of songs from Salty. And in the back, there was a little how-to-make-your-own-Salty costume section. <laughs> and it was like, take a big brown paper grocery bag and paint it blue. And that was the only instruction I remembered. But I was like, I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Salty wants me to put this bag over my head? Sure thing. <laughs> okay, at least it can help me with my Page Master cosplay. <laughs> <laughs> I made the costume, and by I, I mean my parents made the costume. And uh, literally nobody knew who I was when I was trick-or-treating that year. And oh. <laughs> as they shouldn't have. No, yeah, as they shouldn't. They were in the right. <laughs> but it was a... Creative, ambitious, misguided project for me, like so many of my projects. Uh, well, unlike anything in Salty, you're actually really awesome at everything you do. Aww. It's okay, child David. Just wait till everything is terrible comes out. Then everyone will know who you are. <laughs> yes. I believe the first Salty thing everything is terrible covered was Kids Praise 5. when that first started going viral and everyone was like what the fuck is this I was like nope seen it (laughs) (laughs) oh you must be new here what's the one image of the guy getting hung where he's like first time (laughs) 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 Oh, that scene from The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, where unfortunately the guy in that meme has to be James Franco, because otherwise it's a great meme. (laughs) Ah, damn it. I thought it was Orlando Bloom and it was Pirates of the Caribbean. Ah, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Meh, at least we can watch James Franco die. Well, as for me, really the extent of my salty knowledge doesn't go past everything is terrible. 
I actually did learn of this specific special through Everything is Terrible, because they did the video on it, and I was in high school when it came out, and just everything I saw from it just... It was like a train wreck that kept going and going, and I couldn't stop watching it. I once knew somebody who described it as a fake kid show that would be in the back of Death to Smoochie. And yeah, that checks. (laughs) I will say last year when I was doing a a children's gig with friend of the show, Andy H.G., it was at a children's library, and I went down to, you know, check out what CDs and DVDs they had. Imagine my surprise when I came across a fucking Kids Praise DVD. Yeah, I was surprised to see that these things have DVDs, because the series apparently ended before DVDs started being a thing. Both this and We Sing have DVDs. I was like, did anybody actually care enough to digitize them away from the VHS era? Holy crap. Somehow. I'm on the website, actually. There's a website, salty.com. Yes! <laughs> it looks like it hasn't been updated since, like, fucking 2001. Yeah, just like we sing. Yeah, I, I was looking up the website to see if I could do any further research, and I was getting major we sing flashbacks looking at this GeoCities-ass website they have here. So, they have this thing here called the Kitchen Sink Deal. Um, you can buy 16 Salty's Kids Praise CDs, 8 Salty DVDs, 7 Sleepy Time Helper CDs. I don't want to know what that is. No, thank Plus you. Plus we add 2 more Salty CDs. This originally retailed for $330. Jesus Christ! But it's on Why? sale for 198 now. You want to spend $200 on Salty, bro? Good God! Even if it's the entire collection, nobody is paying that much. <laughs> so I found the Salty DVD that I, that, I, that I came across last year. Salty's Songs for Little Praisers, God Loves Me So Much. And the tagline is, music kids love from a company parents trust. Are you sure about that? <laughs> yeah, no. they did the same thing about kicks. Look at that reputation. Not a good cereal, is it? It's like that Family Guy clip. Mmm, this kick cereal is good tasting. And it's good for you. <laughs> <laughs> also, it's worth noting the uh, the running time of this is 24 minutes, ideal for your little ones. As told on the DVD cover. Kids are going to shut this off after a minute, so that's more likely the appropriate time limit. (laughs) Not even that. They're going to run out of the room screaming. (laughs) Uh, So I have a bit of a similar history to Salty because I went through a phase with it, but not as a kid. Because thankfully my church only played either VeggieTales or some incredibly boring reenactment of the Jesus story anytime we had to watch a movie. And uh, thankfully, I wasn't aware of most terrible Christian kids media. So then when I was in high school, I went through a hate hyperfixation for Salty because at the time, I kind of sort of personally knew a reviewer who was reviewing a lot of the tapes for him. It take way too long to explain, but that reviewer is now Lost Media as, as well. Holy shit. Wow, damn. You have an exciting life. Yep, and I was in one of those videos, so I'm lost media now. (laughs) Yay! Well, I hope we find you someday. Huzzah. Yeah, I'm just lost in general. But anyway, so I grew a weird hate fascination with the tapes. I would watch them just eager to find reviews just tearing these things apart. A hater fixation, if you will. Ah! <laughs> and I was just fascinated with how terrible they were. The ones I became the most fascinated with were Salvation Celebration and Fantastic Praise Party. But I actually never really watched any of the Kids Praise ones, despite of the phase. So the only thing I remember from Kids Praise was that one scene where Charity has a nightmare about Risky Rat and he's keeping her in a cage. It was, what the fuck? <laughs> As an adult, looking back on these, Salvation Celebration and Fantastic Praise Party are not good. They are pretty fucking bad, especially Salvation Celebration. In other news, the sun came up today. (laughs) But at least they're kind of fascinating in how terrible they are. Like, Salvation Celebration at Mm. least has somewhat of a budget, so Salty's costume isn't that terrifying, although it does have a very racist scene in it. And Fantastic Praise Party is disgustingly watchable. 
<laughs> like, it's just surprisingly too boring to actually be that mad at or riff on. So let me say that this tape, I didn't think of all things I'd walk away from it saying, this was a downgrade in the Salty franchise. It really was. Like, even by Salty standards, this is the worst fucking tape. And the thing is, too, a few years prior to this, Salty had a direct-to-DVD movie. You know, not like the usual specials, but an actual movie with an actual budget and an anthropomorphized version of Salty rather than the guy in the suit. Yeah, that's Salvation Celebration. Yeah. It's like, what happened? Also, not to mention Risky Rat and Charity Church Mouse's costumes actually looked halfway decent. Again, slightly questionable given Risky Rat's design, giving a little curly, neurotic, kind of pointy nose, hating God. Uh-oh. Yeah, Uh-oh. not great implications. Yikes. Well, but at least he's a fun villain. So, salty videos really are just a quiet part out loud. Yep. <laughs> Especially but, uh, this one, though, not, and not in a good way. <sighs> My history is super short, don't worry. <laughs> it pretty much just does not go beyond... Everything is terrible in this. I saw it on Everything is Terrible. It was the camping one. The one with the puppy gimp. God forbid a fucking trans person pee in the same bathroom as you. But you know what? The puppy gimp can hang out with kids on stage as long as it's for Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, I saw that on Everything is Terrible and I was like, oh, okay. And I kind of flashbanged my memory. And it feels like every time I saw any brief remembrance of Salty, it would be like, oh, okay, another brain flashbang. I'm trying so hard to forget about this. And then we're doing Holy Month, and you bring up Salty, and I'm like, oh. Oh, God. Now I have to think about him forever. (laughs) Yay. Drama comes flooding back. Also, I'm going to save a lot of the stuff I looked up for when we actually talk about the special, but I went on a salty lore rabbit hole because of researching for this episode, and I found out there's a book where Salty gets arrested in the Soviet Union. What? (laughs) Yep. That's not one of the ones I had. (laughs) What? Yeah. No fucking way. He's separated from his horrifying book family in the book, and he joins the Soviet circus, and he gets arrested, and Jesus saves him. Isn't this literally Stranger Things 4? Well, basically. (laughs) Singer things. Yeah. (laughs) Salty things. (laughs) Also, salty is unironic Ned Flanders, I've come to realize. Oh, God. He even sounds like him. He does, and I hate that. We're going to give you the opportunity to ask Jesus to be your forever friend. Pretty cool, huh, don't you think? Now, in case all that smiling didn't cheer you up, there's one thing that never fails. Nice glass of warm milk, a little nap, and a total frontal lobotomy. I didn't realize until the start of this one how much he just sounds like a bad Paul Lind impression. Oh my god, I can see that. Especially when he comes in with his, like, praise the Lord! Praise the Lord! Praise the Lord! Praise the Lord! It is so good to have you here in my worship workshop. Now what should you yell if a woman falls overboard? Full speed ahead! (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, every time he... Why would... Why would he say that, like, out of nowhere? Because Christian media figures have to make their faith their entire personality. Also, one more thing before we begin. I didn't think this would ever be possible. This special made me apologize to Wee Sang in the Big Rock Candy Mountain. Like, as bad (laughs) as that special was, at least, one, it had an actual budget. Two, the acting was surprisingly pretty good. Three... At least the racism was only slightly there and not in your damn face. At least We Sing wasn't an actual fucking minstrel show. This was an actual minstrel show. I'm being so dead ass. Here is the point that I will give this over Big Rock Candy Mountain. Occasionally, this cut to shots of the audience, which were significantly less hideous to look at. Yeah, true. (laughs) Oh, thank God. Normal people. There was not a single kid in that audience who didn't look just frightened at what they were watching, so... (laughs) 
Well, except for, I don't know if we want to get to it chronologically, but I took a note down that at the beginning of the Salamanders song, towards the end, there's one kid who's, like, dancing intensely, and then, like, his older <laughs> brother is being like, dude, chill. Like, calm down. <laughs> it's like, you're embarrassing me in front of Salty. <laughs> There was one guy I noticed, I think he was like a dad or something. When he's, Salty is singing the, the workshop song in the beginning and he's going down the aisles, you can see this dad, like, clapping, but he looks confused as to what the fuck's going on. Dear God, I also want to sincerely apologize to Barney's big surprise for saying that theater looked claustrophobic as hell because I didn't think that theater looked even remotely safe to be performing on. Like, it has a giant-ass set, giant-ass costumes. There's no way anybody can fit on that stage. Jesus Christ. This was definitely filmed in, like, a high school auditorium of a town we've never heard of. I'm pretty sure it was in a church. Yeah. In a town we never heard of. So it was actually performed in a place called Sunlight Christian Center, which is apparently in Orange, so... Oh, Dave was right. <laughs> now Dave's gonna be followed by them. I did notice that it, it was like, um, I forget what school they said in the credits, but there were like interns from a local college, one of whom seemed to be the child of the creators and stars. <laughs> <laughs> Also, it's fitting that we started this month off with clowns, and we're ending it with even more clowns. The clowns came fucking out of nowhere. Yeah, I know. It was just all of a sudden, extreme close-up of clown. I'm like, where did you come from? (laughs) From what I haven't flashbanged out of my memory by now, um, they were kind of just... There is stage accessories. One of them literally looks like Shakes the Clown. It was distracting <laughs> as hell. <laughs> the, I, I will admit, there was the one clown that I felt bad for. It, the, the little person who, yeah. you know, occasionally chimes in with a song. But the special makes them lip sync with the voice of a fucking toddler. Like, uh. that's patronizing at best ableist at worst whenever there's a close-up of salty whenever he's singing especially during the workshop song his eyes go crossed why (laughs) it just looked horrifying i gotta be honest i'm pretty mixed on the soundtrack because it kind of starts off on a high note because you know the workshop song isn't that great but the jump song actually really fucking slaps yeah it's not a bad song I just wish the visuals were less unpleasant because, again, I'm just seeing all these kids being crowded on the stage and being forced to jump on trampolines. I'm like, please tell me none of those kids are going to fall off and get badly injured. There is so much going on on stage at every moment of this, and none of it is shot well. (laughs) (laughs) And also, I hate to shit all over a low-budget set because I know they were working with what they had, but it was so distracting and how off it looked like you have a bunch of these puppets all over it you have Clyde the Frog from South Park basically being plastered all over the walls and you have Mr. Knows-It-All Jesus Christ yes. what the fuck was up with Mr. Knows-It-All I, why did yes. Salty have a giant sentient nose hanging on his wall it's clearly just to service the pun of he knows it all and that pun was not worth building that for or doing the bad Edwin impression for Salty while you were jumping I was receiving a fax from Charity Church Mouse and the Church Mouse Choir and here it is my goodness those are the things that upset me good god why did he make it live with just permanent allergies. I'm someone who actually struggles with uh, pollen allergies. This shit's not fun. This shit is, like, horrifying some days. That is a horrifying existence, you know, given to this clearly sentient AI made by a man who calls himself a Christian. Also, whenever he runs off the wall and has legs growing out of his nostrils, which is already fucking horrifying to think about, like... Yeah, you know, his leg boogers. I realized something. A nose that falls off, called Off the Wall, 
God damn it, even in theory, we can't fucking escape Michael Jackson. <laughs> God, God damn it. it. <laughs> As if there wasn't enough bad touch. Salty, I snorted an entire person and they're trying to break free. <laughs> uh, salty, I need more cocaine right now. <laughs> so how was your day? Oh, uh, I had to squeeze myself into a giant nose costume. How the fuck do you think my day was? <laughs> Most of the puppets, though, just look like every church's puppets. Like, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if they came with the venue. Actually, they were reminding me so much. I don't know if anybody else has seen this one tape called Look What God Made. Like, they looked exactly like those puppets. I don't want to see what God made, Nunkin. <laughs> Again, probably came with whatever church or ministry. Like, growing up in Christian circles, just a puppet show coming to Sunday school or whatever and just setting up, that was, like, a ubiquitous experience. Yeah. And the puppets all looked like that, pretty much. Ironically, yeah. they're not the worst puppets in this special, but we'll get to that. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. I, I don't know. Those Noah's Ark puppets... Everything about that, including, you know, good old Kermit the Gorf right there. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he's Carmine the Gorf. <laughs> right near Mr. Knows It All, there's like these hands sticking out of the wall. So I was like, oh, hey, it's the man boarded up on the wall or Bruno. And then all of a sudden they're like, they get a fax from Charity Church Mouse. And she's like, I live in the attic now. I'm like, oh, come on, stop stealing my jokes. Hey, Salty, it's Charity. Keep it the fuck down. <laughs> <laughs> and also, as soon as she showed up, when the narrator was saying, Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, just returning from her recent tour of shopping malls, county fairs, and nursery schools. As soon as I saw her, I was like, and Chernobyl, apparently. <laughs> Even this video knows that its characters aren't worthy of playing bigger venues. Good God. Just but good Lord, Charity Churchmouse looks fucking horrible. I know we were talking about the Gossip Queen looking like a fucking zombie in that one Bible Man video, but this is even worse. Good God. Before that jumping song, Salty says, and I quote, In a lot of places, they ask you to keep all the wiggles in. <laughs> what places are these? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted the actual wiggles in that moment to come up and be like, Oi, cunt, what did you just fucking say? <laughs> Oh, never sat at this. <laughs> you got your own bloody show. Also, at the end of every song, Salty says out loud, applause, applause, applause. It's like, please clap. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We know you're disinterested, but we're trying our damnedest. Oh, man, I can't decide if I want to make a Lady Gaga or a Jeb Bush joke. <laughs> All of these kids were basically dragged away from their Nintendo that day, and they're just like, good God, please let this end so I can go home and beat Zelda. <laughs> Except for, again, that one kid who was dancing excitedly. <laughs> While Salty is reading the facts from Charity, like, he seems reluctant to have her show up and hog the spotlight. But of course, <laughs> the resentment towards each other is never actually explored for drama or comedy. It's just normalizing passive aggression without making it interesting. Like, her design went from horrifying flesh-colored ears and nightmarish design to decent design and salvation celebration and fantastic praise party to whatever the fuck that was. Look, I'm just saying, you know, when the parents in a Barney live show tape look more interested in what's happening than the parents in your live show kids tape, something's wrong. <laughs> You know, I kind of feel bad for this actress, because she has all this fucking makeup, including prosthetics, which Salty doesn't have, caked on her face for two minutes on screen, if even that. Here's what's also interesting. I just remember this factoid from childhood. Normally, Charity Church Mouse is played by the co-creator, who is the wife of the actor who plays Salty. Oh, wow. Yeah, It's a right. husband and wife team who created Salty, and the husband plays Salty, and the wife, Debbie Kerner, usually plays Charity Church Mouse. According to the credits here, she still was the voice of Charity Church Mouse, but it was a different onstage actor lip-syncing to her. So I don't know if she was just out of town or something, 
Now, normally, given that it's usually his wife in the costume, we can't prove that the charity church mouse design isn't fetish play. Oh, God. Oh, no. They're all gimps. I don't know what they get up to in those costumes after hours. I don't want to know. I don't know what they can get up to in those costumes. They're cumbersome. Oh, no. I'm telling you right now, mouse gimps are a thing. That is a mouse gimp. Actually, I forgot to mention this during my history with Salty. They also made the musical High Tops, which is actually a so bad it's good live show. Friend of the show, Miranda, and I used to be obsessed with it. Like, it is at least fascinatingly bad, and it doesn't have nightmarish costumes on top of that. So it's like, what the hell happened? Yeah, High Tops actually slaps. Agreed. Also, Charity has these diet Rizzo's singing behind her, and I swear to God, one of them looks exactly like Rizzo in his Mickey costume in Muppet Vision 3D. <laughs> They're Nordis! What do they know? You know what it fucking reminded me of? You know that fucking VHS board game Rap Rat? Oh, God, no! Yeah, it reminds oh, me of that. My- the one that was genuinely so scary that it got a creepypasta from it. And it's probably, like, the only creepypasta related to a videotape board game I can think of. And honestly, when you saw the source material for that, you were kind of, like, a little bit to yourself, that creepypasta might be real. <laughs> also, you're not supposed to say the name out loud or it follows you forever, so... Oh, shit. Oh, yeah, there he is. There he is. God damn it. I'll be right back. Hang on. I gotta go beat this thing to death. Yay. <laughs> out of here. There goes my hero. Anyway, sorry. On Charity's way out, she tells the story of how she asked Jesus into her heart. Now, <laughs> at the risk of encroaching on Pod Made You Special's territory here, uh, Veggie Tales infamously never implied that the vegetables could be forgiven by God at the request of Phil Vischer's mother. So evidently, Ernie Rotino's mother had no such qualms about mice finding salvation. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that and Phil Vischer actually is a decent dude, from what I've seen, so... (laughs) Hell yeah. He also knows how to write comedy. (laughs) Exactly. One last note about Charity's Way Out. There's a gag where Salty says, let's give Charity a big hand, and then hands her a giant hand. Except Uh... the editing cuts away as he's handing her the hand... So the editing completely fucked up this gag. (laughs) (laughs) This came out after Toy Story. We can say it was a ripoff. Yep. Oh, definitely. I love that joke when it was in The Muppet Show, and they could actually do that right. (laughs) And they actually showed the visual for this visual gag. Even Barney did this fucking joke right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's not the most original gag. But if you're going to use it, at least point the camera at it. <laughs> oh, I forgot to mention this, but during Charity's performance, it cut to this bespectacled girl in the audience, and she looked fucking terrified. <laughs> Can you blame her? Same, girl, same. <laughs> so we get the next song where Salty explains, don't be a chicken, be bold. And to accentuate that, he makes people get on stage and play this game where they dress up as chickens and roosters and carry eggs around, and I'm thinking to myself, Jesus, Christian Double Dare sucks. It's <laughs> <laughs> specifically the dads dressing up as the roosters and, like, grabbing the eggs with their mouths or something, so it's a real embarrassed dad game. <laughs> Congratulations, Salty Praise Party 2. You are officially the first topic on this podcast, I can say, that gave me Bad secondhand embarrassment. Because those are real dads! <laughs> that is an incredible bar to clear with some of the other stuff you've covered on this podcast. I don't know. I'm just saying something about watching a tape geared towards children where a giant book sings a song about how if you don't make Jesus your entire personality, you are a traitorous coward and Jesus hates you. While people dress up as chickens and roll eggs around the floor as he sings this... I don't think I'm going to be the same after that. (laughs) Is this what Midsommar was about? (laughs) (laughs) The LGBT community is the cult, guys. Don't you know the gays are the ones grooming the kids? And then, of course, Salty tops it off by saying, You know what, folks? I think they were all such great sports. I think they both won. Yay! Applause, applause, applause. (laughs) But remember, it's the left that's giving out participation trophies. 
<laughs> Salty also says to the audience before the song, And moms and dads, you don't get out of this easy either. You're going to cluck and crow. <laughs> so he's acknowledging that it is humiliating to be part of this. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, it's also, that... like, so many of these songs, the religious aspect of them feels so tacked on. Like It really they does. Seem like, just like normal nursery rhyme song, you know, not necessarily good, but like standard we sing style songs, except the second stanza will mention Jesus. And then these songs also must have been so easy to write because it's like you write one verse and then a stanza and then one verse and a bridge and then you just repeat that ad nauseum. <laughs> It's like that episode of South Park where Cartman just writes a bunch of love songs that yeah. replaces them with Jesus. That's what it is. <laughs> but it's remember, a- when Jack Black does it and he says peaches over and over again, it's cool. <laughs> I ironically believe that. I still need to see it. I haven't had a chance to go to the God, me neither. I'm working. Neither have it. I. <laughs> I hate having a job. Uh, please don't fire me please don't fire me please don't uh, fire me my opinions on this podcast are not necessarily those of insert company here that i don't want to give away yay this special not only has people saying don't call me chicken but then it also has time travel so how the fuck is this suddenly back to the future what the fuck we get the magnificent multiphasic take your time machine which feels like some sub professor tinkerpot stuff yeah oh man <laughs> But it is yeah. the first song in the special that does not shoehorn Jesus into it. Another song that fucking slaps. And it's yeah. used on this piece of shit. The magnificent multi-basic Take your time machine Will stretch each valuable moment When your time is running lean If ever you're in a jam for time Don't pull your hair and scream Just use the magnificent multi-basic Take your time machine I'll say this, this song wasn't that bad, mostly because it was reminding me of substitutionary locomotion from Bedknobs and Broomsticks, but how is this the second topic we've gotten in less than two months that it just feels either like the Sherman Brothers ripping off their old work or a ripoff of the Sherman Brothers? <laughs> just Listen, I can believe that there's a giant sentient book in front of us, but a giant sentient book with a time machine... That's crazy talk, man. <laughs> well, let's be clear. He's very specific that it's not a time machine. It's a take-your-time machine. But then it accidentally turns into a time machine. He brings volunteer kids up from the audience. He says, it's very complicated, and if we don't work it the right way... Well, we won't worry about that now. And it's like, then why the fuck did you bring it up? If it activates the time travel section and those kids get stuck in dinosaur times, you all saw nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, after explaining how complicated it is, Salty is the one who fucks it up by forgetting to push the green button and explaining (laughs) that if you don't push the green button, the take your time machine turns into a time machine. How? Why? I don't fucking know. Why do we even have that lever? (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) First off, if not pushing a button is the mistake, it sounds like pushing the green button is what turns the time machine into a take-your-time machine instead of the other way around. So just press the (laughs) button! It's so stupid. Second off, what is the difference between a take-your-time machine and a regular time machine? Because either way, it's fucking with time. (laughs) Wait, hang on. Do they ever say what the take-your-time machine is? It's supposed to just, like, stretch out time. It's supposed to, like, slow things down so they can get more done. It's a useful tool if you have ADHD, basically. I could use one of those. (laughs) Oh, it's Adderall. Huzzah. So yeah, Dave mentioned the fact that he brings kids on stage to make this time machine work, and instead of having them just do that and get off stage, they're just stuck there for the rest of the special doing nothing. <laughs> they don't even do anything! While other volunteers come up for other sequences. Also, while they're time traveling, and then Salty's like, there goes the Mona Lisa! I was half expecting him to say, Edward Norton loaned it to me! (laughs) (laughs) No! (laughs) And then we get into what can only be described as, what fucking accent was that? 
(laughs) (laughs) That Noah's Ark scene, it could have worked as kind of a fun little, oh, Noah's Ark gag, if they didn't drag it out. Yeah, somehow somehow the Noah's Ark joke is driven into the ground in under two minutes. Hey, this looks like Noah's Ark. I always assumed his last name was Zark. Noah's Ark? Zark? Zark? Noah's Ark? Mr. Zark. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's not just that joke either. It's the stupid fucking bookables joke, too, later on in the jungle scene. Ugh. When Salty is talking about cannibals. We thought they were cannibals, but it was worse. They were bookables. You get it, folks? They ate books. I'm a book. What's the fucking joke? He's just switching the can part with book. And he says, because they eat books, and no one's laughing at it. That joke broke my soul. It was so bad. Salty doesn't know what comedy is. I would expect that most of the kids in that audience were unfamiliar with the concept of cannibals, so they didn't know it was a joke on anything. Basically. (laughs) Yeah, Salty, that was sort of a joke. You'll get there eventually. And speaking of soulless, those fucking animal puppets. God, the ostriches looked like they were on fucking meth. As soon as I saw those puppets, it looked like someone had typed H&R Puffin stuff, Muppets crossover into mid-journey, and this was the result. (laughs) There was literally, like, that was perfect gorf right there. I gotta be honest, I really hate to shit on puppet makers of any kinds, because I know puppets are hard to make, but... I don't even think they knew what these animals looked like. Like, cows don't look like cows on Christian film. You gotta use demonic entities. <laughs> the frog even did a, I'm totally not Kermit the Frog, this is totally different voice. It was literally Ugh. just like someone doing an impression of Kermit the Frog while sucking in helium. The Lord told Noah to build him an orky, orky. And the ostriches have these horrible, wrinkly, veiny looking legs that are just slightly kicking during the song. And it's like, why? Also, those elephants, I only have one note for them. Um, Look out, look out, pink elephants in a yeah. crate to suffocate. <laughs> <laughs> Why did Noah sound like someone doing a very bad impression of Larry David? I really don't like that. That made me very uncomfortable. God has a plan for each one of you. And then the special proceeded to make me even more uncomfortable. Yep. Into that. This was the worst song in the special, the Rise and Shine song. It was so fucking tuneless, and it felt like it dragged on for like ten minutes. Ugh. It's also a song that predates the special. It's just an old Sunday school standard. So, yeah. <laughs> so I guess at least the songs they're writing aren't as bad as some of the songs they're just borrowing. Yeah, true. I did the thing I did during We Sing where I just kind of like skimmed through the songs on YouTube. And I found myself noticing, okay, I'm skimming through this Noah's Ark section a little too long. (laughs) Thank God I'm doing this. They also have another song that says God has a plan for my life, which is just, hey, kids, if your life turns out to be terrible... God just hates you. Isn't that comforting? No, no, no. It's actually just that God loves you and he thinks you're like super duper like cool and strong. So he put all the bad shit on you. (laughs) Yeah, he seems to very heavily value rich people for some reason. Why are their lives so easy? So what they're saying basically is that God is your manager during your minimum wage job when they see that you're a really good hardworking employee. So they reward you with more unpaid work. God gives me a pizza party for my life. I don't fucking know. <laughs> God gives his longest song to his fast forwardiest warriors. <laughs> <laughs> also, I love that Salty alludes to the flood that eventually causes Noah's demise, but he doesn't do anything to help him. Like, oh, we can escape, but the audience is stuck where the flood will probably be, so sorry guys, you're all gonna drown now. So, uh, basically, let's just say, um, imagine traveling back in time to Hiroshima and, uh, singing a song about, um, something with one of the one people who actually looked at those flyers. Now, imagine leaving that, knowing what's going to happen next. That's literally what they're doing here. Basically. And also, you know what else God wants? Blackface puppets. 
Puppets. Black face uh. puppets. Oh my god. So the next scene, they go to like a revival in like the like late 1800s, early 1900s or whatever. I wish I live streamed my reaction to this because the way I screamed and was like, no, blackface puppets. And one of them, I was desperately having to hold myself back from making Trump jokes about because he looks exactly like Trump. Yeah. Uh, we also get more passive aggression between uh, Pastor Potato and Sister Tone Deaf. Basically. Uh, Pastor Potato, because get it, and he's holding a potato. I, I just... Make it stop! The puns are bad enough, but it's like, why are these characters so mean-spirited to each other in such a nothing video that's all about God's love? Like, why did they invite Sister Tone Deaf there if apparently he hates her singing voice so much? Like, I was half expecting her to be like, Okay, I'm gonna be stealing the potato and bashing him over the head with it, kids! The way they talked would have had Al Jolson telling them they were getting a little too hammy. <laughs> this shit, the way they were fucking talking and doing this entire scene made the original Br'er Rabbit Tales look like a microaggression compared to this. Please do not make me apologize to little bunny foo-foo, dear God. <laughs> no. No, I'm gonna. I'm sorry, little bunny foo-foo. At least you weren't racist. At least he wasn't <laughs> doing actual blackface. <laughs> he was also doing a spiritual that was uh, way out of context. But you know. <laughs> I will say this much. The gospel song, despite it being very uncomfortable to look at, actually did kind of slap. I hated the design of those puppets because they're full body puppets where the rest of the body is just, you know, like human arms and legs, but they have puppet heads. It just looks so fucking uncanny. And they gave them blackface. And they're glued to this wall that looks like it's supposed to be the audience, but it's a bunch of googly eyes. So I was like, is this one of Evelyn Wang's multiverses? <laughs> <laughs> there was a kid with the Sonic the Hedgehog shirt in the background. Someone was wearing a Sonic the Hedgehog shirt to a minstrel show. This country is fucked. <laughs> I'm amazed Sega didn't sue them for that. Did they just have to hide the Sonic logo on that shirt? Because... <laughs> oh, God. Do you really think that this video would ever end up on Sega's radar? True, true. <laughs> no. <laughs> they probably didn't give a shit. <laughs> also, I know Salty's supposed to be a sentient book. But the concept of actually reading through his pages kind of skeeves me out. Don't mind my organs on that page, kids. Just Is reading Salty's pages kind of like drinking the Kool-Aid man's Kool-Aid? Basically. Does Salty have a bloodstream? Ugh. I will say as much as I kind of dug the song, there's a part where they start singing Get On Board, Little Children, and I was just like, God damn it, we still can't escape, we sing. Oh, they say it the racist way. Ugh, God. All while they're singing, give me that old-time religion. <sighs> it was a medley of a bunch of old spirituals sung in the widest manner imaginable. Huzzah. Uh, <laughs> and speaking of racist, do we want to get to the certain scene? The next scene made... I was genuinely sitting there watching that, and they were done with that, and they were doing more, you know play around with the fucking take your time machine thing. And they were like, oh no, it's broken. Uh, we're going back in time again. And I'm so sitting here thinking there's no way this can get any worse. It got worse. It got so much worse. <laughs> so unfortunately, I am now cursed with way more salty knowledge than I want to have. So I hated that I knew exactly where this next scene was fucking going. Because for anybody who's not aware, Salvation Celebration has an opening that is, uh, a little culturally insensitive, where Salty and the kids are stuck in the jungle and they come across an indigenous tribe that wants to cook them alive. <laughs> Apparently, that tape was supposed to get a sequel and even got an album for it, but the actual sequel was never filmed for reasons that were probably never explained, probably because people didn't want anything to do with this franchise anymore, so they filmed this very half-assed 
semi-sequel to it where apparently it all happened, but you have to have listened to that album to know what happens. They do explain what happened, but dear God, do you not want to know? Because Salty explains, oh, they wanted to eat us, but then we introduced Jesus to them, and they became our friends. And it's like... (laughs) Now, first of all, when they arrive in the jungle, Salty says, I need my safari kids we picked before the show. So, props to Salty. He had amazing foresight to have uh, specific volunteers pick for every eventuality, not knowing they'd end up in the jungle. He still had safari kids, just in case. <laughs> yep, we can sacrifice those kids. Who cares about lawyers there? <laughs> I just picture him before the camera starts rolling going, okay, in case we end up in a safari, who wants to join? Okay. And in case we end up going camping again, okay, you kids will be there for that. And in case we end up in outer space, any volunteers for that? Okay, uh, I think that's every possible eventuality covered. But uh, just in case we need some miscellaneous kids, you can just uh, just sort of be jacks of all trades. Salty, can I have lunch now? No! <laughs> <laughs> I feel like all of those terms were just a quiet metaphor for non-union. Just... Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so then we get introduced to... Chief Ooga Booga. Doesn't get much more racist than that. I told you it was gonna get worse. I'm done. I quit this podcast, guys. I'm sorry. Goodbye. <laughs> I'm coming back. I'm coming back. I'm kidding. <laughs> this is the first time ever on this goddamn podcast that I am truly speechless. I do not want to repeat that name. Let's just call him, uh, I'm sorry. Chief, I'm sorry. There we go. Yeah, that's his name. Chief, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> now, it is also a very good thing for Salty that the time machine that he has no control over brought him to this jungle sometime after they brought religion to the racist book eaters, because uh, (laughs) if he had brought them back before their previous adventure with them, they just tried to eat him again. So, uh, really lucked out with this one. And remember, kids, whenever you hear about how indigenous tribes were forced to basically confirm to Christianity or be murdered, that's inspiring! Just fuck this goddamn tape. Anyway... Have you ever wondered what would happen if you crossed Scrappy-Doo with Barney? Meet Solomon the Salamander. (laughs) Good God, I deadass called him, what if the new figment, but done even dirtier? What if you took Spike the Dragon from My Little Pony and turned it into a Tickle Me Elmo? (laughs) He even sings a song that sounds like the I Love You song. I swear I've seen this purple lizard puppet before, but I know I've never seen him in a Salty video. So, I don't know what design he very closely ripped off, but, like, I swear I've seen this exact puppet before. So, they made—they actually made a commercial with him on one of the Salty Tapes, where he basically introduces a bunch of the Salty Tapes and his own books, but he apparently never got an actual tape of his own. And I'm glad for that, because, dear God, I couldn't stand listening to his voice. It sounded like nails on a chalkboard. I thought the chief had his stereo up too loud. I was gonna tell him he was disturbing the peace. <laughs> okay, so unsurprisingly, Solomon the Supersonic Salamander does have an album, and I'm looking at it right now, and it looks like just fucking rejected Danger Rangers art. Ugh. <laughs> and speaking of Epcot, he has a song that basically rips off food rocks, and it's like... <laughs> I don't like how he was singing about how he wants the Lord to fill him up with his spirit. What the fuck? Hang on, I have to grab a pillow for a second. It's only Tuesday. Like I said, this last part of the special, my soul just fucking broke, so apologies if I'm repeating any of the points I've already made. My soul broke as soon as we got to um, Chief. I'm sorry, 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 but it breaks my soul just a little bit more at the end, but I won't spoil it. Also, when he tells those kids to pick up the snakes and is like, they look friendly, I'm like, shh, kids, he got bitten by one of them. Just convince him he's okay so it'll kill him faster. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, kids, you know what Jesus loves? Harassing the local wildlife. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank God this wasn't filmed in Australia. 
I don't know what gave me this vibe, but the only joy I can ever get out of this tape is imagining Ricky Gervais watching this and just screaming his head off because not only it's forcing religion and sky cake onto him, but also mistreatment of animals to a degree. So (laughs) it's what that fucker deserves. Also, it says a lot about my mental state by the time that this was finished. When Mr. Knows-It-All is running around the stage and Salty makes the quip, The last thing this show needs is a running nose. I laughed. Same. I laughed because the bar for humor is just so low that I had to laugh at something. I laughed because it was the only joke that wasn't racist. I laughed because it's the only joke that at least seems to get comedy. Every other bit of comedy in this feels AI generated. In the future, entertainment will be randomly generated. Randomly generated? Randomly generated. I've seen the future, Bob. And the future... Is I do want to say, though, one of the things I did think was actually, like, unintentionally hilarious was, um, fucking Salty just, like, they're obviously, like, you know, getting the stage set up in the background while they do all these, like, crazy effects and the time machine music that fucked with my brain hearing that played, like, for so long. Okay, that beat did hit hard, though, let's be real. Yeah. But I kind of love the mugging he had to do when it was obviously um, taking a little longer to set up the stage when he expected. So that he'd just be like sitting there with all these like kids like, all right, here we go. You kids ever been on a time machine before? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Time to vamp. All right. We're almost there. Uh, so uh, how, how was your day? Do anything fun? (laughs) Also, during the end scene where they're all singing together and everybody crowds on stage to sing, Salty scoops up one of the kids and I'm just like, Salty, don't pick up people's kids, especially without the parents nearby. What the fuck? Did anybody else notice the one kid on stage in the hat who was just standing there like, come on, this needs to wrap up soon. I don't want to fucking be here. I want to (laughs) get to the damn arcade. Especially because of just the fucking, like, five-minute-long Christian guilt trip monologue Salty gives at the end of this about how Jesus died for you and humans are all just born sinful and shit, but Jesus died for us. What if you did something bad and your friend said, punish me instead? Well, that's what Jesus did. And I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. I just watched you do some of the most racist things I've ever seen any piece of media in 1996 do. Yeah, this came out in 1996. The way this was produced, and the way the music sounded, I legit thought this was from the late 80s. Ask Jesus to be your friend! Jesus is getting a restraining order on all of you. So, okay, it's a staple of Christian children's media that at the end there is the call to action to uh, join the faith. Now, this is often completely shoehorned with nothing to do with the uh, previous story, and especially so here, but uh, I had to take special note of how it began, where Salty says, Hey, you know what? It's true. We've been having a lot of fun pretending here that I forgot that I've got to tell you about someone who is not pretend. Someone who is very real. <laughs> <laughs> That gets into the intrinsically clunky messaging in most Christian children's media, because if you don't agree that children should be taught about faith like this, then you just aren't happy about this at all. But even if you do agree that children should be taught this, wouldn't you want to teach it in a way that doesn't make it so easy to conflate the lessons you're trying to teach them with the fantasy that you're making up? Exactly. (laughs) Like, a kid is not going to tell the difference between the parts of the story that were all fake and the parts that you want them to think is real. This is why so many Christian families don't want their kids to buy into the Santa Claus myth, because then it makes it more difficult to teach them about religion when they already know that Santa isn't real. This is why we have grown adults who think Noah's Ark was a real thing. (laughs) 
No, like, Randy. Noah Zark. Ah. <laughs> like, I hate to sound like, again, one of those edgelordy atheists. I really hate to sound like, your sky cake isn't real, but there's a way to explain it that doesn't make kids fall for something that gives them unrealistic expectations, and it's not whatever the hell that is. Speaking as someone who is not an atheist, but also not someone who believes that faith should be inundated on someone. Exactly. <laughs> it's it's just like the way they went about this was a step-by-step way of doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. Everything in this special is wrong. Everything. I am someone who would consider themselves to be a little bit bit of a universalist um i still think mormonism is fucking bullshit there's nothing you could ever do to convince me that mormonism has any legitimacy to it but (laughs) i believe that there's like just a stretch of truth to every religion because they all have the same basic setup which means that in pretty much every single religious text every single like story about a mythological figure it's all fucking parable none of it happened even the people (laughs) writing the bible we're writing about Noah's Ark. Like, like, we know this is fiction. We know this shit never happened. But now we have grown adults in the year 2023 who think that an old man did put two of every animal on Earth, even the ones that were not yet discovered by, you know, people who knew what the Bible was. Exactly. <laughs> and that he just did that and put the giant boat in the water and that a giant flood came. And that there was a dove bringing an olive branch to it as a sign to say, like, hey, guys, flood's done. You can come out now. (laughs) And also because my brain broke so much during the last part, I just started coming up with a mini what's the attraction for this show. Sorry again, babe, for ripping off your show. I love you if you're listening. Here's my what's the attraction. At some Bible land theme park, one of those ones that podcast the ride reviews, they completely rip off Back to the Future the ride. The Take Your Time Machine is the DeLorean. Salty is Doc. And Risky Rat is Biff. And you have to (laughs) fight him off. And go back in time. And there's one of those horrifying animal puppets, or Solomon, just a very terrifying version of him. Anyway, my what's the attraction is that I go to Epcot, drink around the world to forget. Huzzah! I'm going to Disneyland next week! Yay! So I do get a what's the attraction, technically. My what's the attraction is that I go back in time and I go to Jerusalem and I tell Jesus, dude, you're going to have to be extra super hyper specific about what the fuck you're talking about or it's going to get real bad in a few years. I thought you said white the fuck you were talking about. And I was like, yeah, that sounds correct for Christianity. You got to be like super specific. Every single hypothetical, you need to address it. You need to be as literal as possible about what you're saying. <laughs> Can I just say that White the Fuck would be a great name for a KRT theme month? Yeah. <laughs> we were- well, now we got that figured out for next year. Oh, God, uh, yes. God. All right, so burn the tapes. Enough. Enough is enough. I just want this theme month to end. Burn the, burn the God- tapes. Eat the book. Yay! I had to go back and forth on whether I considered this the worst topic because- I can't say this is as hateful as Gingerbrook Fair, and the fact that Gingerbrook Fair is a bit better made made me angrier with it. But I gotta say, this was just fucking painful. So yeah, objectively, this was the worst topic, and we closed out on a big-ass paper cut, basically. Yeah, they are tied together with just how insidious they are truly at their core. Like, as questionable as Bible Man's themes of how it handled, oh, your depression is not having enough joy in your life, at least it meant better, at least it was more fun to watch than this. Bible Man was kind of fucking cool. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Bible Man was great. I love Bible Man. Yeah, Bible Man was pretty awesome, I'm gonna say it. (laughs) Why can't more Christian shows be like Bible Man? Exactly. And McGee and me, as bad as that was, at least knowing that most of the cast was actually like, yeah, this is bullshit, we agree, we just have to do this for the money, at least made that a little easier to watch. This is... Compared to this, McGee and me just kind of felt like a really weird Roger Rabbit-esque episode of Seventh Heaven. Basically. Or Christian Lizzie McGuire, basically. Yeah. (laughs) The racism in this made the racism in McGee and me... Look like fucking Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood in comparison. 
Ugh. And Dave, your verdict? Oh yeah, burn everything. <laughs> Yay! The things I want to do to this tape, I cannot do because it could wipe out all life on Earth from the sheer force I deliver this to the tape at. <laughs> you could eat it and be a uh, tapeable. Boo! This is the worst thing I have ever endured in the history of this podcast. This was, oh my god. Have you ever wanted your white guilt set up to a thousand? Watch this! Actually, no, don't watch this. I want this to fade into obscurity. Where's my fucking Men in Black thing? As soon as this episode is finished, I'm wiping all of your fucking memories. <laughs> Works for me. So thank you once again for joining us on this last trip through the Unholy Valley, Dave. And we are so sorry it had to be this. <laughs> well, you know, after my car accident, I'm just grateful to be alive and ungrateful to be spending my life watching this. Huzzah. You're fucking invincible now, man. Huzzah. Do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, well, my podcast is back, uh, At Home with the Dogginses on Patreon. And it's excellent. Uh, thank you so much. It thank is. you so much. I'm plugging it extra hard because for the next handful of weeks, that's my only source of income uh, until I can work again. So <laughs> please sign up at patreon.com slash Doggins. Listen to me and my wife talk about stuff. You can go back through the depths to our uh, Halloween costumes episode where I tell the story uh, for the first time of going as salty for Halloween. Um, <laughs> if you ever find that picture, you got to send it to us. Yes. If I ever find it, I have promised it to many people. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, man. Lost media. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be skipping my own plugs because I have something for a friend I'd like to plug. A good friend of ours, Jordan Taylor, is actually raising money for her, apologies if I'm pronouncing this wrong, strabismus surgery. And she has a GoFundMe on her Twitter, J-A-E underscore Quinn. And I highly recommend going to her page and donating her. She's a great friend. She's helped me out a bunch and I'd love to do the same for her. So yes, yeah. we love you, Jordan. Yes. You're awesome. Get well soon. Love you. Give Jordan money. The number one best Destiel fan. Give Jordan and Dave money. Give Jordan and Dave your money, please. Yes. <laughs> you can find me on Cosmic Rewind. If you listen to the show, you know how to do it by now. <laughs> Uh, Twitter and YouTube. That's pretty much it. I don't know, man. I need to go get like a full memory wipe. I need to join the satanic church. That's what I need to do after this month. Wow, it's crazy. All you have to do is give them your email and that's it. All hail Satan. Kit, you know what you need to do? What? You need to be a card-carrying Satanist. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> Fuck you, Craig. <laughs> if you know, you know. Anyway, you can find me on the usual spots, TylerFG on Twitter, TylerFG96 on Instagram. You can also find the show on Twitter at channel underscore KRT, channel KRT podcast, all one word on Instagram. Uh, we also have our Discord server and our Facebook group, which you can find in the link tree in our Twitter bio. And if you want to help support us, we have two options. First off, we have Patreon, where we have exclusive minisodes, outtakes, and episodes of this very podcast at its earliest convenience. And we also have Ko-Fi, where we have said exclusive minisodes at five bucks a pop. And if you just want to donate money to us, you can just do that if you want to. And of course, thank you so much to our pals Bennett Ballard, Chris Reyna, and Tony Goldmark for pledging to us the $10 level. And an extra special thank you to our executive producers, Mike and Gomer. <sighs> All right, Channel KRT... We need a fucking vacation, man. We're free! Alright, now that the episode is over, look directly at the machine. There is no such thing as Salty the Singing Songbook. You're free to go. You input your destination time on this keypad. Say you want to see the sign of the Declaration of Independence. Or witness the birth of Christ. <laughs>